We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo, and I may or may not be alone today on this podcast. My guest is Dennis Wallstrom. He's got a new one. It's his podcast changed. It used to be Keep Pounding. Now it's not what you think. And our normal co-host on the midweek is Tommy Avant, and he's having technical difficulties. Hopefully, he'll pop in. He'll just say something weird and jump right in whenever he's available. It's been that kind of night. It's been a gremlin night. A major gremlin night. So, right away, I'll jump in with our guest, Dennis Walsh. How you doing, man? 
Doing good, man. Good to uh, good to talk to you again every year. We talked to you at the end of, end of last year too, so we're ending and, and picking it up right where we left off, right? We pretty much are, and I'm sorry to have to interrupt because we just got breaking news that the Rams are signing Jared Goff to a four-year extension, which puts him with the team for six years, 2024. That's per source. That is from Adam Schefter. Again, it's breaking news. Rams are signing Jared Goff. Early terms now, it's Ian Rappaport. The Rams uh, see about the deal should pay him more than $32 million per year and allow him cash early. Similar to Carson Wentz. So that's now Ian Rappaport and Jared Goff. Sorry to break in there, but when breaking news happens, we're here. And I guess that means our podcast is going out tonight because that's how we roll around here. Tom, are you there yet? I thought that was the breaking news. (laughs) That's breaking news. Uh, Dennis, meet Tommy Avance. He's been um, with uh, Rams and Sensor. He's been now co-hosting the Media during Midweek podcast here. And I'm ready to talk some football. You guys ready? Let's oh, do yeah. it. Right before we get into it, guys, you know the drill. We always ask yes, just be aware of our sponsor. Our sponsor is an awesome Jim Hockey's been great for us with his book, Hollywood's Team. Also, remind you, we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker. And don't forget to subscribe and leave that wonderful five star review. We've had that contest going now to get 200 five star reviews since the dawn of time. And I'm not kidding about that. Also, on our network, we have Rams Uncensored, Butting Heads. And it looks like we're making some movement elsewhere as well, so pay attention to that. And now it is time to get into week one. Dennis, man, are you ready? Dude, I'm pumped, man. You're pumped? It's really here. It's here, and I like finally. It, I, got, I like getting a good, uh, a good challenge off the start, so as they say. And it's that kind of year where nobody really knows what Carolina is doing. They've made a bunch of improvements in the offseason. So right off right away. How do you feel about the 2019 Carolina Panthers? What record do you see them finishing with this season? You know, on paper, the Panthers look awesome. And I know that, and I don't know how much you buy into them, you know, how teams do in the preseason. I think the Panthers are a tough team to kind of gauge in the preseason as far as how they run their offense. They can't really do that or or show that hand, you know, if you will, in the preseason. So when you roll out a vanilla Carolina Panthers, there's not a lot to be excited about offensively. Um, from what we've seen in the last four games, but you know, finally got got Cam some protection at least on paper. Um, got some speedsters. Got Curtis Samuel. I, I we like to say he's still under the radar, but people are starting to catch attention to that. And of course, McCaffrey. You know, people picking him to be the rushing title this year, so or champ this year rather. So, um, and then the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Brian Burns is everything we we hoped he could be at this point, and uh, a lot of uh, tied up a lot of holes. So. You know, like I said, not, nothing to uh, nothing that really shocked the world in the preseason here, but I think the Panthers are going to turn some heads. As far as the, their record, um, we have that nagging division, so it's really hard to put um, too much of a double-digit uh, win prediction. But I, I'd, I'd say they should be right around uh, ten and six, eleven and eleven and five if we're lucky. That is surprising. A lot of the predictions I'm seeing is anywhere ranging from 8-8, eight 7-9, eight, 9-7, lots of questions about Cam's health. Where does that fit in with the overall national prediction well, rate? Yeah, well, we, we've never gotten a good national uh, review here. I mean, the Panthers were 6-2 and two when they were healthy last year, and uh, you know, as much as of, a, of an excuse as it is, when Cam couldn't throw the ball 20 yards, and you got your kicker missing multiple extra points and field goals in games, you start losing pretty quickly. Uh, a seven-game skid, even. So, um, 
you know, to us, I don't think last year really measures how good this team can be. And now, now they have a little more experience with each other and a little more protection for Cam. And Cam is throwing the ball really well, at least in camp. He looked uh, terrible. And it's like, what, four or five snaps in New England. But um, I'm, we're, we're past that. And I'm, I think Cam's going to have a pretty good, uh, pretty good start to the season again. All right, all right. Having said that, how do you think Cam's doing right now physically? And are you confident he's going to be 100% this Sunday? Yeah, I mean, the I was actually at that game because um, I'm here. I'm here in Boston. So, um, you know, when Cam went down, there was a big gasp <laughs> from Panthers fans. But I was confused. I was like, how did he even get hurt on that play? And it was all very precautionary from what I hear inside and outside um, sources. And, he, you know, that walking boot, obviously, when you see a quarterback in a walking boot, it's never a good thing. But, again, very precautionary. And they said he probably would have went back in that game had that been a uh, regular season game. So I think Cam is totally fine. He's dancing at practice, dancing around in warm-ups, full go in practice as well. So I don't think there's anything really to worry about. You might not get a 100% Cam, but I think you got around at least a 90. So um, I wouldn't worry about him on Sunday. Well, we're going to worry about him. I mean, that's our job (laughs) to worry about him. But overall, how is this Panthers offense different from last year, and how does it match up from your point of view with the Rams' defense? Yeah, you know, obviously, as far as how it matches up with the Rams' defense, I don't think you can ever be um, comfortable with anybody blocking Aaron Donald. So, I mean, he's going to be going up against Greg Van Roten. Avoiding him is is basically, um, you know, objective number one here, I think, for the Panthers. But with the way that they can disguise, you know, either reverses or, or use McCaffrey as a decoy, the screens kind of slow down that Rams pass rush with just plays, not, not, not so much players blocking. But if you can, like I said, you know, screens and slow them down that way, I think the Panthers can, can move the ball well as, as, and, and let their playmakers run with the ball versus looking downfield. I think that's where we get into trouble when Cam gets a little greedy and thinks he has time <laughs> and uh, does not. So I think if, if Cam can get the ball out quick, let people like DJ Morse, um, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, let them get the ball, even Chris Hogan now, um, in, in space, and uh, let them get the yards. I, th- I don't think it's all on Cam, especially when you play against the Rams in that pass rush. Let's talk about your defense. I know this year for a fact I can speak for the Rams – they ran the same offense for the last two seasons under Sean McVay. Uh, Matt Patricia, the coach of the Detroit Lions, figured this out. Basically, gave you know the Bears, the Eagles, and the Patriots in the Super Bowl the playbook to stopping our high-powered offense. So, does it make you a little uneasy that you got to play us Week One, knowing our offense is probably going to be completely different, and no one has seen it yet because no starters played in the preseason because Sean McVay will not show his hand. Exactly. Yeah. And and the way, unfortunately, I hate to bring it up, but I went through the same thing. The way that the Rams kind of were figured out, I think, was a little similar to the way that um, teams had a blueprint for how to stop the Panthers from the Broncos. Um, Like no one stopped that 2015 Panthers team until Denver did. And then they could never get going again. So that whole blueprint thing I, I do believe in. And I think that is a big part of what happened in that Super Bowl. But um uh, you know, as far as going in week one blind, I mean, yeah, it, it, it one thing, one thing that we, and I hope I don't eat my words on this. One thing that as Panthers fans, we don't see a ton is the defense getting run all over. So when I look at the Rams, you know, Gurley isn't my worst nightmare. My worst nightmare on this team are, are, are people like Brandon Cooks, Cup, and Woods. 
those fast guys that can get you know behind what with hopefully is a better secondary in the Panthers but that that tends to hurt the Panthers a lot more big plays big huge pass plays um, are our Achilles heel so going into this I I think that that's you know they have to stay disciplined that's not not fall for those play action plays and yeah we don't really have a ton of film so I'm a little worried on on the first few series there well, I mean, we know that your defense did some major work on pass rush this last offseason in the draft and so on and so forth. How do you think they're going to try and stop this Rams defense, especially when it comes to that pass rush? Yeah, I mean, you know, for a team that just in the last five years, we've kind of gone on a roller coaster of pass rush. We had a good one, one of the best in the league, and then one of the worst in the league. Um, I think when you start removing, I mean, we love Julius Peppers, but he just couldn't do it anymore. And I think that Brian Burns, I'm not going to call him the next Julius Peppers, but I think he can bring you that same threat of of coming off the edge that Peppers could uh, when he was in his prime and maybe even declining a little bit. But so, yeah, and that that goes hand in hand with the with what I just mentioned about the receivers. I mean, half the time that half the reason this was happening was because quarterbacks had a lot of time to throw. So moving to a three, four defense, you know, on that side of things, when you mentioned not having any film or not seeing anything. The Panthers are now in a defense that they've no one has seen. Uh, Panthers have been in a four-three defense under Ron Rivera the whole time, and I think even before that. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't think of a time the Panthers ever ran a three-four. So this is even new to us. We don't even know how to do it in Madden. We have like weird people on the edges and stuff. So, um, so I think that on the same token of the Rams not having a lot of film offensively, I don't think the Panthers' defense has a lot of film, and you don't know who's going to be coming where. So. They really did um, pick up on speed, and I think that's a huge, huge part to beating the Rams is getting to Jared Goff and not letting these people like Cooks and Woods just cook our, no pun intended, our, our secondary. So um, I think that's actually one of the biggest factors in this game, Derek, is, uh, is how, how, how much pressure the Panthers' new-look defense can put on Jared Goff. All right, guys, we're going to get back to Dennis in a moment. Breaker and us, we were working together with my bookie to – do a promo for the first month or longer for this season. If you would like to support our podcast in a very easy way, just stick out, check out the promo, and if you happen to like making some bets on things like Week 1 games, use our promo code with my bookie. Here it is. Here's that promo done by Steve Ribeiro. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. All right, we're back. Tommy, over to you, man. On both sides, what are your X factors for your offense and your defense against us? I think offensively, I mean, what one of the obvious X factors is Cam. How is Cam going to look week one? But But more so... You know, for the Panthers' offense to really move the ball downfield, Christian McCaffrey has to be a big part of it, but also other people too. It can't be all McCaffrey. When you start seeing that happen, that's when you just start seeing, you know, this is going to end soon. Um, Other people have to get involved in this game. So I think X factors in this game are really the Panthers, as, as far as the Panthers go offensively, are their receivers. Like, how big of an impact can DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel have on this game and keep teams, or, or at least the Rams, questioning and, 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 I don't know, having to devote multiple players to Christian McCaffrey to open them up. So I think that DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, not only for this game, but the whole season, really, are going to be an X factor 
to their offense. Um, I'm sorry, did you ask me about the Rams' defense or, or, or the Panthers' defense? Just or on either. both sides of the ball for, okay. you, for your team, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, yeah, so, so the X factor on the, on the defensive side, I, I think, is I'll, I'm going to give it both ha- half to Brian Burns and, and I guess McCoy, two of the new guys that can get, like I said, get to Jared Goff. But also, um, James Bradbury and Dante Jackson have to do a good enough job to allow that to happen. So I think that what we saw last year was the secondary getting the blame for the Panthers when really the biggest problem was there was no pass rush. And that entire situation of either getting to the quarterback or covering the receivers, neither can really stagger in this game. So I think that both are almost just as important. Um, Bradbury and Jackson staying staying with their guys, not blowing plays like like Jackson uh, did last year. And also, can't let Goff sit there because... These guys are going to beat you every time. So I'll call it that tandem is the biggest X factor defensively. So I want to go back to defense because the defense for us, just knowing the matchups and how the Super Bowl affected our team and where it was going, I'm looking at past precedent. When teams have gone from a 4-3 to a 3-4, I can even go back to the Rams. When the Rams moved from that base 4-3 to Greg Williams to kind of that modified 4-3-3-4, Teams struggle with it at first. Are you concerned at all about the, the struggles that a team goes through as they're shifting to a new defense, or do they show you enough or work together enough during camp this year that you're not feeling any of those concerns? Well, honestly, the reason I'm not so concerned is because it's a lot of new faces. If it were the same group of guys, sure. But already on the front four, you've got Gerald McCoy, you got Dontari Poe, who's actually arguably better in a 3-4, who hasn't done much in our 4-3. Then you got Brian Burns, people like Christian Miller, um, Shaq Thompson now on the field more without Thomas Davis. Um, Trey Boston is back. He wasn't with the team last year, but he's familiar with the Panthers. And um, so in, in that regard, it's almost like a whole new defense anyway. It's not taking your last year's defense and moving people around. So I get what you're saying, but that's why I'm not con- as concerned right now. Obviously, we got to see it on the field. But I think if you have a fresh start like that, you can implement what you want versus having to change you know, old habits. I'm sorry. I was just focused on those two new defensive linemen that he spilled out. To be honest with you, I've been so wrapped up in other things in the offseason. I had no idea those two guys were on your team. <laughs> I really didn't. I just – because well, – I've been you mean, swamped. You, been, you mean yeah. Poe and McCoy? Yeah, I did not yeah. know that. Well, Poe was on the team last year, but no one would know that either because he literally did nothing. <laughs> uh, but he is, on paper, he is a good player. And I think that, like I said, when you start having him at the nose in your 3-4, things change a little. So Yeah, and you have, you know, putting McCoy next to him, you know what I mean? You put a, a good player against a good player, and sometimes it makes both of them great. Yeah, and we haven't even men- mentioned the other names. One of them that's uh, really under the radar, and he's actually just came, <laughs> I hope we can play, uh, Bruce Irvin is on the Panthers. And that's that's a situational pass rusher that I, I don't think is washed up yet at all. And uh, some people might disagree with that. But then you add Mario Addison and, Qu- and Quan Short. We haven't even mentioned those guys. So these guys can get to the quarterback. Uh, in Madden 20, it is, <laughs> it is a proven fact. Yeah, but in 20... 20- 19 2020 well we have yet to see the uh the full go but um we're gonna find out quickly against you guys yeah you guys brought in a lot of a lot of good players man i think your defense is gonna be good um 
So how did you guys do in the preseason? Did you guys let a lot of – I know Cam got some reps. That's how he got hurt. But how did you do about giving the starters reps? Was it traditional old-school preseason that we grew up on, or is it this modern Sean McVay, I'm not putting my guys in at all? Yeah, for, for the Panthers, we usually do see um, the starters play a lot more than they did this year. Um, essentially, they really only played one game, and that was in New England, and they couldn't do anything offensively. No, I'm not going to lie. Even Greg Olson said it. And uh, But like I said, it's it's really hard, at least offensively, to um, to judge that. But with a team that does reverses and, and fake screens and stuff, you're not going to be running those in August. So, um so yeah, th- there was a um, a lot of a lot of I guess backup competition, especially the backup quarterback situation, which is a big talk here in, here in Carolina with Will Greer, Ky- Will Greer, Kyle Allen, and Taylor Heineke got the uh, short end of the stick on that one. But that's still a big talk. Is is our backup situation isn't really good, although uh, some people argue if if QB one goes down, as does the season anyway. So. Depends how much stock you put into that. If you ask Philly fans, they might disagree. But overall, you talked about the receivers for the Rams, and those are the things that concern you. What are some other parts of this Rams roster right now that concern you, and where do you think the Rams have an edge over the Panthers? Yeah, I mean that defense obviously is is a uh, a big one to worry about. Even adding Eric Weddle, I love Eric Weddle. I know that he's been uh, he. I don't know if the word is rusty, but he didn't he did, hasn't really played much. I, I don't think. Uh, he was saying it might take him a little bit, but you know, obviously, without uh, Sue out there, it's a little, <laughs> little more tar- tolerable. But I think the Panthers always, uh, always go as Cam is not on the ground. So it, it, when you start looking at people like Aaron Donald, Brockers, Fowler, even Clay Matthews, I, I don't know how you guys feel about him, but he can still do, uh, he can still do some damage out there. And of course, the corners. You know, one of my X factors was that DJ Moore and. Uh, Curtis Samuel need need to be a big part of the offense and take that pressure off of Cam and McCaffrey. You know, you look out there, you got Peters, Talib, Roby Coleman, and uh, and Weddle. You know, it, it's a tough secondary to get through. So, um, not really many weak parts of the Rams defense. Maybe maybe you'd say linebacker, but that's not even that bad. So, um, it does worry me because they they have both pieces that can make this a long day for uh, for Cam and Co., being the line in the secondary. Having said all that, what's your prediction? What's the score and who's going to win? So you guys are going to hate this. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> it, you, so, it's your honest opinion. You so know? One, one thing I always say about the Panthers is, over the all the years I've watched them, the Panthers win the games they shouldn't and lose the games they shouldn't. Meaning, you know, obviously we'll, they'll come into Foxborough and beat the Patriots and then they'll lose to the, the worst team in the league next week at home. So I, I think the, the Panthers are definitely play up and down to their competition. And I think they're going to be ready for this one. And I hate to use the quote, and I'm only saying it because I went through it, but a little bit of that Super Bowl hangover was real for us. Granted, you guys don't have to play the Patriots week one. That's nice. But um, I, I think the Panthers are going to surprise people and and maybe catch a rusty Rams team here, um, if that's the right word. Um, if this was later in the season, I would probably go Rams all the way, but I think the Panthers can win this game in a in a, in a less than one score game uh, or one score or less game. I'm going to go 24-20 Panthers at home. Okay. That Is that okay? doesn't bother me. <laughs> Is that your <laughs> prediction? <laughs> Tommy, I want to sound like a homer. 
I don't want to sound like a homer because I do pick the Panthers to lose a lot when I honestly think they're going to. And I think this is that type of game where everyone's going to count them out and they're going to show up at home in the home opener and uh, and edge this one out in a good one. Tommy, what do you have this game? You want to take a shot? Well, yeah, to piggyback off of what he said, you know, I'm not going to count the Panthers out. They're a great team. I'm just going to count us in, in the fact that I have a feeling – and we all know this week one, you never know what you're going to get with any team. Week one is the best week for all 32 because they'll, you know, even teams like the Dolphins who are probably going to get the number one pick next year, they're going to find a way to squeak some out. Okay. Um, I think that the edge here is going to be Sean McVay is going to erase the last two years and come out with something completely different because if you don't evolve, you'll get pushed to the back of the line. That's why Bill Belichick has lasted this long, because he changes his playbook all the time, and he changes his personnel. He changes the way he does things. He'll go from four wides one season with Randy Moss streaking up and down the field to a bunch setting with two tight ends, you know, with uh, Gronk and um, and what's-his-face. I'm not even going to mention his name because he's a scumbag, but you get my point, right? I think that the Rams are going to come out with a completely different offense, and no one's going to know how to defend it because no one's seen it yet. I think it's going to be a very close, low-scoring game because both defenses are really good. I say 20 to 17. 2017 Panthers. All right. No. You better calm down. That's what I heard. <laughs> See, that was actually a slip of the tongue. What are you saying? <laughs> you said Panthers. I don't <laughs> I'm a little off right now, okay? It's going to be one of those games where your fingernails, you know, they're going to be nice and trimmed up and jagged by the end of it because it's going to yeah. be a nail-biter for sure. So you're saying 2017 Rams? Yes. And it could go either way, but I'm going to pick my team this week. You know, like he, you know, we're all not afraid. I'm not afraid to pick losses, but I think we could win this game. So I'm going to go with the win. Uh, you know, and for me, I've gone back and forth, and I reserve the right to change my mind by Friday just because there's two things. I really like what the Panthers did in the offseason. I thought the Panthers quietly had a very good offseason. They did a lot of really great things. I know, Dennis, you're not worried about how they're adjusting the defense. I've seen it time and time again for over 30 years when teams change defenses. The first couple of weeks are usually a little rough. But, you know, on the same token, we're all expecting the Rams to do something a little bit different. We're expecting the Rams to come out and show some things they haven't shown before. On the road, without any game action the preseason, I'm nervous about that. I'm nervous about that, and probably just the old school feeling where this is how things used to go and things used to work. But I also remember the Rams coming out rusty last year against a really bad Oakland team, and Oakland stayed with them for a half. Well, Carolina's better than Oakland, and it's not even really close. So I'm going back and forth. I'm going to – oh, man, I know – I'm going to roll with the Rams, and I'm going to go 24-21. And I reserve the right to change my mind by Friday. <laughs> after, <laughs> after Friday, I'm locked in. <laughs> after Friday, I'm locked in. All right, so, Dennis, can you let people know where they can find you, where they can find your podcast? And I think I'm visiting you this week as well, aren't I? Yeah, you're going to come uh, hang out with us over on, uh, on Not What You Think. Just our, uh, like you said, we we did rebrand it a little. We're still over on the Riot Network. Um Find us on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff, and over on the riotreport.com. Uh, so, good stuff. All right. 
All right, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And I guess we'll be talking some trash real quick here, either one one way or the other. <laughs> and the best part is, though, it's only week one. So even a uh, even a one in the L column isn't the end of anyone's season here. So no, it's I, a, a I actually, good one. I, I like the I like the Panthers' chances here. Really surprising some folks and giving the Saints a run for their money this year. I do. I'm into it. All right, take it easy, bud. Later, buddy. Thanks. All right, so Tommy, we got our predictions. I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence, man. I don't know how I feel about it. it just, uh, it's, it's hard to gauge the, uh, just the change of the preseason, man. It really is. I don't know how to look at it. Yeah, <clears throat> I think, dude, we need to stop trying to predict what's going to happen because we have no idea, and that's the no. fun part. It's like Christmas and opening a gift. And not knowing what it is because you didn't unwrap it a week ago when mom was asleep. Put it back together. Put it upside down. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree. We've seen teams pull off major surprises. I think back to last year in Tampa Bay upsetting New Orleans. I think back to that. And uh, because those teams, they come out and they're not fully gelled yet. And that's really my concern. Uh, you know, if, if, if we put these two rosters up to each other in week eight, week nine, I think it's a different ball game. I think... I do like the Panthers. I do like where they're going. I think their direction is on point. But the Rams have one of the deepest rosters in the league. And personnel, personnel. Now, we, we saw in the Super Bowl that doesn't always matter because, well, I'm not going to go there. But overall, week one, it's a grab bag sometimes. You never know what's going to happen. And also the big fear to me is injuries as well. You know, always seems to be that one or two major thing that happens in week one that can blow out a season. So far, the Rams have been fortunate under McVay and uh, and Snead during that era, and I hope it continues to be that way. Yeah, I think it's just going to be, and the only way you can survive in the NFL is by be ever-changing because people are going to figure you out. So it's not like you can just create this great offense or defense and kick your feet up. Eventually, people are, you know, people watch film, man. They're going to figure you out. It's that simple. All you got to do is watch tape. They, they do, know? and they will. And when it's over and done with, it's that chess game. We've kept, we keep referring to that over and over and over again throughout the year, the chess game. The, the chess game, the teams play with each other, coaches play with each other, and now we're going to start seeing that chess game picking up where it left off last year. And I'm really fascinated to see how this game goes. I'm fascinated to see how this team reacts. I think we're in for a freaking heck of a season one way or the other or somewhere in between. I know some predictions have the Rams going 10 and 6, 9 and 7. Some have them going 12 and 4, 13 and 3. We'll see how it goes. All right. So our sponsor, I cannot continue without shouting out Jim Hawk, his book, Hollis Team, Grit, Glamour, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. This book tells the story of the 1950s Rams who lends of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out some story of his father and the team he played for an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. You can read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Hurst, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hallwasteam.com and on Twitter at hallwasteam. It's also both on hardback, electronic form, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Folks, it's also available this Friday in paperback. So if you're one of the, the people who must have the paperback instead of the online, you want to be different, it's there. It's available in various different booksellers on the Internet. It's for a great cause, homeboy industries. Just trust and check it out. Always seeing great glamour. And the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth it. I'm telling you, it's worth it. 
So, Tommy, I had a whole plan for this episode. And then we get the news on Jared Goff. So we kind of have to back up and go there. And that was actually, um, we were going to get into the you know five predictions of the 2019 Rams season. That actually was one of my predictions, was that Jared Goff would get his extension. And lo and behold, we start the episode today, and bam, there it is. What's your first thought here? One down, a few to go, right? But now that's the first that's the first shoe to drop, right? And all these different things that you gotta do. But to me well, it's the we most got, important. We one, got right? last year we got Aaron Donald and Todd Gurley, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we got Jared Goff. We're moving in the right directions. We're locking up our our core. And then we just gotta keep drafting well and moving people around. We all we talk about it all the time. You can only have about five to seven players on each roster that can command big dollars, and the rest just has to get spread out. And you got to draft well to keep that salary cap down. That's the way it works, you know. And you just got to keep that door revolving and keep hoping the guys you bring in, um, you know, in in lower end free agency and through the draft can play well above their salary, right? Absolutely. And here's the thing too: is if the numbers are right that we're seeing here. The Rams got a little bit of a deal. I'm not sure the final numbers, what it's going to be, but looking at more than $32 million a year, but if it's somewhere between 32 and 35, they're doing just fine. We all expected 35, and there were some rumors of above 35. Wentz got about 35. So I'm looking at this and going, all right, all right. They're, he might be giving them a little bit of a hometown discount. That's how it feels to me. And if that's the case, then good on him and good for the Rams. Yeah, I mean, and that's it. At the end of the day, every year people talk about how much any one given player makes on an annual basis. Oh, he's getting thirty-one a year. He's getting this. Technically, none of that matters, and it's because the salary cap keeps moving up, so the percentages keep staying the same. So the highest-paid player in the NFL on an annual basis makes eighteen percent of the salary cap. It's been that way since the salary cap started, okay? Mm-hmm. It's always been that way, and that's how the NFL runs it. So I try to tell everybody, if you're going to be a cap guy, be a percentage guy. Watch the percentages, the annual contract percentage. That's all that matters. The highest-paid player today is making about 18-point-whatever percent per year. Stayed the same, pretty much. Now, here's also the thing, too. The Rams and quarterback Jared Goff are expected to um, execute, quote-unquote, this is from Ian Rappaport, a four-year deal that's trending towards the largest guarantee in NFL history. I'm cool with that. Yeah, why not? If you do Is he an injury-prone guy? Is he an injury-prone guy? Have we seen him miss any games? No. No. Then he deserves it. He's you know, You're only as good as your availability, and he's been available. And we know what it's like to have a good quarterback who's not available like Sam Bradford. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll never know how good Sam could have been. Have had to avoid those injuries, but now we look at a guy who's been able to stay healthy. And a matter of fact, that first year in 2016, when he took a beating and somehow managed to to survive that, and now he's to me going to keep growing. And the Rams obviously are making that point. Hey, listen, uh, we see, we hear the criticism of Jared Goff. We know people have an issue with him, but we believe in the guy, and we're going to make him the quarterback of our future long term. We're going to give him the largest guarantee in NFL history. If they do it right and they, they fix all the guarantees right, this could really set them up for other extensions as well. But we all knew this was coming. We knew in the last two weeks 
they were sending some smoke signals that this deal was being worked on. They were being very coy with the with the public. They were being coy with the media. And now it looks like it's all coming together, and I'm pretty happy for it. This is good news for the Rams and anywhere in the future, and, and it's also shown the team has complete and total faith in his development. Yeah. So now that we got Jared done in the next 12 months – Who's coming? Who are you getting? Who are you giving money to? I'll give you my two guys, Josh Johnson and Cooper Cup. John and Johnson. I'll re- uh, John Johnson. Sorry, I, I always get those names confused. Um, that's why I just call him JJ. But I would say him for sure. Cooper Cup and redo Robert Woods' deal. Tear it up. He's earned it. The only problem is you have to be mindful of the salary cap in terms of what kind of deals are working. And sooner or later, they're going to have to let people go. I mean, judging by what you're saying, Marcus Peters will not be here next year, for example. If that means keeping the receiving core intact, I'm okay with that. I know that may sound crazy, but you can find corners, man. You can find corners. And last year, and this is where the problem lies in, and we've talked about this, I didn't think we needed to go out and get Brandon Cooks. I didn't. We still had a deep ride receiver core without him. I was a Josh Reynolds guy. I have been since day one. When he's got his opportunities, he's delivered. Right? He doesn't throw himself the ball. Someone's got to get it to him, but when they get it to him, he catches it. And he's fast, and he's a good route runner, and we got him for nothing. And yet we went out and traded for you know, Brandon Cooks. So there, therein lies the problem. We went out and grabbed another receiver and gave him an extension, and here we go. Well, I mean, I look at like Josh Reynolds, and I don't know. I like Josh Reynolds. I don't know. If, I don't know if I see the same thing you see in him. My problem with the Rams in the past couple of years is I haven't always agreed with how they use him. He's not really ever. He's not really meant to be an across the middle kind of guy. He's meant to be a vertical threat, and they've rarely ever used him that way. So we never. We haven't really get to see in game footage much of how capable he is, and maybe that'll change this year with Cooper Cup coming back. And I hope that's what we see. I'd like to see what he can do deep because that's what he was drafted to do. He wasn't drafted to be a guy who was going across the middle as a possession receiver, and he adapted well for it for a young guy. I just want to see what he was meant to do. I, I thought I was going to get to see that, and then we traded for Brandon Cooks. But, you know, if you put those two out there on a fly on one side, you know, a, a mid-range fly and a, and a full nine – and then you guys, and you have some routes from the other side going across the middle, I would love to see it. I'd love to see teams try and compete with that speed in the one inside the field. Beautiful. I want to see some four Beautiful. wide receiver sets this year. I want to I see them change will. it up. You're, I'm not, we're not going to see the 11 personnel bunch wide receiver formation as much as we did the last two years. I want to see them spread them out a little bit and get Josh out there as well. Try to cover all four of those guys. Good luck. I think we will. I think it depends on, you know, we keep going back this over and over again. It depends on that interior line. How will that interior line hold up? Will they need to bunch people more, especially with teams who have built in that pass rush now like Carolina has done? Or will they be able to be risky and go for that four deep? I want to see. We're going to find out real quick on Sunday how that interior line is built. And either we're going to leave that game vastly disappointed and asking lots of questions or we're going to be singing some praises about how they came in there and stood up against that young pass rush from the the Panthers. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I'm really excited to see the game uh, because I have no idea what they're going to do. They didn't show us anything when they had open practices at training camp, and they sure didn't show us anything in the preseason. 
So it's it's going to be Christmas on Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to get up early, cook a big breakfast, <laughs> and I'm going to watch my first ever Rams game as a father with my 10-month-old son. I'm very excited about that. Well, congratulations, I, I know, man. I know he won't get it. I know he won't even pay attention. He's just a baby. But just for us to be in the same room cheering, holding him, and I'm really looking forward to that. You're going to have them all dressed up, aren't you? Of course. And I'm going to yeah. take plenty of pictures and put yep. them on Twitter. Absolutely. <laughs> Geared Absolutely. up. So I already gave you my one prediction. There's four more to go. I'll, I will alternate. What is, uh, what's your prediction for the Rams of 2019? Give me, give me one of them. Overall record? Whatever prediction you think. If it's individual oh, just, or record, wherever you want to go with it. Uh, well, I want to say we keep our foot on the gas, just in a different direction, if that makes sense. We're going to change it up, but we're still going to play as hard as ever, and I'm interested to see the younger guys, because last year, everyone gave us a hard time in the media saying, oh, they're just stacking the team with all these free agents like Dominic Sue and all these guys just try to go grab a ring, and we almost did, but didn't pull it off, so they, you know, that's when the media comes back and says, see, you can't buy a ring, you can't, you got beat by Bill Belichick and his, and his stepbrothers, you know, like everyone does every year, it doesn't matter who you bring in, you're not going to get it done. Well, I'd like to get it done with guys like Greg Gaines, with guys like Taylor Rapp, mm-hmm. with guys that no one's talking about. A bunch of kids, a bunch of kids on our team now with some veteran leadership. I like that much more than what we were trying to accomplish last year. Because, yes, it would have been great to win the Super Bowl. It would be great to win every year. But if we if we won, people are... You know, either way, we were going to get smashed verbally as far as the media. If we won, ah, you you paid for a trophy, blah, blah, blah. You mm-hmm. stacked the deck. You stacked the deck. If we lost, see, you can't buy a trophy, blah, blah, blah. Either way, you were screwed. I'd like to do it like everyone else kind of does it. Get some good guys, get some elite guys, high contract guys, get some good draft picks, some younger guys, teach them how to play, and let's roll. You know, so I want to see that. Well, my, my prediction, this will be our third my other prediction is I'm going to zero in what you're saying. I believe we're going to see Taylor Rapp come in there and establish, establish himself as kind of like the, well, he's the 12th man. He's going to be the guy who plays in multiple, multiple areas and really impacts games in very unique positions. Um, watch him be like, I think he could be like almost like a Mark Barron reborn in terms of the hybrid thing that they did with him Barron in the past. That's what I think is going to happen with him. We're going to see rap a lot this year, and don't be surprised if he makes some plays. What's your next Yeah. One? I sent out, to piggyback off of that, I sent out a tweet today because people are losing their mind that Bryce Hager is going to be our starting middle linebacker next to Corey. And uh, I said, guys, relax. I have a bold prediction, and the prediction is Taylor Rapp is going to play more snaps this year on the field on defense than Bryce Hager is. And people were got excited about that. And a lot of people agreed. And a lot of people were like, well, how? And um, even Eric from our network asked me that. And I said, big nickel, man. You take a linebacker out, you put a third safety in. You know? You are going, you are going, you're going even deeper than I was. I was thinking, hyper all over the place. But you're going actually, he's going to play more than Hager is. Yeah, I agree. I think we are. It's a passing league. And you can give, I mean, look at us. We were one of the worst run defenses in the NFL last year. Who cares? We went to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So if we were one of the worst run defenses in the NFL and we still went to the Super Bowl, does it really matter that much? 
can we give up 80 yards, 100 yards a game and still win? Yeah, we did it all year last year. Who cares? I don't want to give up the pass, right? So get that third safety on the field who can tackle, which we have. We drafted them along with Eric and JJ. They can stop the run. Those safe, I played safety. Safety stop the run, man. You just got to be where you're supposed to be. You don't need to be 240 pounds to tackle a guy. You can be 205 and knock a dude out. Not a big as long deal. as you're in the right place and you can make sure you avoid that block, absolutely. Okay, so our last prediction, I think, should be the record prediction. I'm going to go with – I'm going to stick with where I started. I think the road's tougher than I thought it was going to be, but I'm going to go 12-4. and four. Where are you going to go? 12-4. and four. <laughs> That's right. exactly where I've been. Okay. Well, yep. All right. So, folks, it's a little bit quicker of a podcast. It's me. It's all on me. I'm still recovering from some of the knee stuff, so I can't sit too long. We do appreciate you stopping in. It's our big news podcast now. It's not just a preview. We do want to thank you always for being with us. We also remind you that we're not part of the Big Heads Podcast Network. And just as a part of that, we will introduce you to a different kind of podcast. It's kind of morbid. It's called How Will I Die? Check it out. Did you know that a man once jumped into a bulletproof window so much that he busted it out of the frame and fell to his death? I do. Hey, I'm Nicholas Howe, and I made an improvised comedy storytelling podcast about this death and many others. Using a multiverse of memes as the catalyst, I explore the various ways people have died. I also have special guests on and freak them out about how dangerous the world is. Did you know lakes can explode? You do now. Listen to the How Will I Die podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Twitter at HWIDIEPOD. All right, so it is time for us to go. Before we do, we're going to ask you to reach out to us at ramstop1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657-665-453 for two reasons. A, if you want to sponsor us, if you want to advertise on our podcast or on our website, that's the place to go. We do have media kit to get out to you. We also would love to hear some feedback from you on the seasons coming up. You can send it either by, via voicemail, send us an email. If it's good, if it's good stuff and not just, I hate the Rams, I love the Rams, then, hey, we'll read it on the air. I promise we'll do that. Don't follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find Tommy at Ram Tommy in LA. I love that. I love that tag, by the way. He gets it right. Don't forget us on Apple Music, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those places. Tommy, any last thoughts before we roll? I just want to say this. Football is this Sunday. Everybody get up. And just rejoice, man. We get to hit the reset button, start over, spend time with our families, cook some great food, watch some ball. This is my favorite time of the year because the weather starts to cool down and the football starts to heat up. There we go. It is that time. Finally, we've been waiting months. We have no idea how the season's going to go. It's a tougher conference this year, but I'm ready to find out. For Tommy, the entire Rams Talk staff, this is Derek C. Paul saying we're out of here and we'll see you Sunday. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness.
Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.